0: Welcome to Real Work, Real Life, where we talk to real people about what they do for work. I've often felt like we get the order of operations wrong when we learn about careers or when we talk about them with children. We tend to think a lot about the work itself, but we don't talk as much about what that might mean for the rest of your life. I think sometimes understanding the lifestyle you want should be the first step, and then pick a job that fits well within that lifestyle, whatever it may be which brings me to my guest today. Today I'm talking with Jake, a self-taught software engineer. Software engineering for the right person can be an amazing balance of life and work. It's possible to be enormously successful without a four-year degree, which is a bit of a rarity in the United States. And side note, if there are any other listeners out there with other examples of great jobs that don't require a degree, please reach out because I would love to share more of them here. In software engineering, there can also be a ton of flexibility on location, great working hours, benefits, compensation, and high demand for those skilled in the field. So if you found that kind of work interesting, it could fit into a lot of different lifestyles. It's important to note that all those great things typically come once you've established yourself in the field and developed your skills, not necessarily right away, which I think is common in lots of different jobs. So let's get into it. Welcome, Jake. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Why don't you start off by just telling us what you do for work?
1: Yes, I am a software engineer.
0: Tell me a little bit about that. Like, what's an elevator pitch of what the job actually does?
1: Sure. I do web development mostly. So uh, I sit at a computer and I take ideas about how some software should work and I turn them into a, a working product.
0: I've heard that front end and back end are a term in web development. Are you one or the other of those or are those not real things?
1: They are, especially, yeah, especially in web. I've come to I've come to a front end specialty, but uh, I started in back end, so I I feel lucky that I, I'm comfortable in both.
0: Could you explain to the non-web developer what the difference between the two is?
1: I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd be glad to. The Front end is what uh, a customer sees uh, on their phone or their tablet or their computer or any device. It's the actual interface that they're using, how it looks and feels. The back end is it takes what they do in that interface and it turns it into data. It turns it into interactions and transactions that actually accomplish what they want to have happen.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. What interested you about it initially? How did you get into it?
1: Well, it was a career change for me, um, and I chose chose software pretty deliberately because I knew someone in the industry, and I knew from that relationship that there were a lot of jobs and they were you know good paying jobs, and the the, the forecast for that industry looked really strong when I made the decision.
0: How old were you when you started training again? About thirty. How did you get there? What did you do for training? Was there any particular education required, years of experience?
1: Right. So I, when I, when I did this, there were less educational opportunities than there are now. Uh, there's a lot more today. I started off with a couple of very simple online courses. And I think that's a great way to start because you'll learn right off if you like it uh, and if it's interesting to you. I think some people really just find seeing computer code on a screen, exciting and interesting. I think that's a an important first step. So from there, because I'd already been to college and because of the educational landscape at the time, I decided to teach myself. Uh, so I used a combination of books, uh, online courses, video courses, talking to friends, and hard work, blind optimism. Uh, I just... <laughs> started to try to teach myself. And I I did that for about eight months before I tried to look for a job.
0: Did you, I know so much has changed since you did the training, but do you have any recommendations for resources for people that are trying the self-taught route now?
1: I think self-taught is a, it can be a good path for some people and it Mm -hmm. gives you uh, a feeling of confidence and that you can sort of solve any problem. But I'm not sure I would recommend that path to anybody unless I knew them well, because it's hard. You're alone and um, you have to figure out everything that you don't know and need to learn. And you have to have a lot of self-discipline and grit, I guess, to persevere through that. And and it's really not for everybody.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Would you say it's common for people to get a computer science degree and start there? Or do you find that a four-year degree is pretty much required in the job, even if it's not in programming? Or do people really come to this from every walk of life, as long as they have the skills?
1: It depends on the part of software engineering that you're in. I think some parts of this industry have a lot more formal education represented. Mm -hmm. Uh, Web and mobile... Um, I think it's always been a little bit more of a, a diversity of the education experiences that you have. So I'd say in my field, more than half of the people I meet don't have a four-year degree, probably even and more than that. So four-year degrees are, are out there, but it's not the rule. And then there's a, a decent amount who are self-taught, and there's a decent amount who have been through a coding boot camp, which is the educational resource that I was Kind of alluding to before that didn't really exist when I started.
0: Mm. Would you recommend that to people? I'm sure it varies a lot by boot camp.
1: It does. It varies a lot by boot camp, and that's a very it's a very changing entrepreneurial landscape. So I think the really good ones I would definitely recommend. There's a handful that have been around for a while, have strong reputations, and Specialize in placing people into good jobs, and so I would I would recommend those um, to a lot of people. But I wouldn't say any boot camp uh, is is a great path. I think you have to be a discerning customer.
0: Mm-hmm. What kind of personality do you think would do well in this job?
1: I think you have to be willing to be confused and to not know. Uh, what you're doing. And <laughs> I hate that. I think you have to be able to be okay with uh, facing a hard problem where there isn't an obvious answer. Maybe there isn't any answer that anyone can give you and slowly, methodically breaking it down and working through it. So much of programming is is so new that even when you're doing something that seems kind of mundane, you might be doing something that You've never done before, or the coworker next to you's never done before, or or anyone's ever done before, and that can feel really daunting. So you have to have, you have to be sort of tenacious about problems like that, and be willing to sit and be confused and and work through it.
0: It seems like perhaps someone who's a bit more introverted would you say too, or no?
1: In programming, I meet a lot of people who have uh, sort of other introverted hobbies like uh, music. Uh, or art where you spend a lot of time alone, working on something and nerding out on all the little details of it. <laughs> uh, so I, I think in the beginning, that personality type does really thrive in programming. Once you get to a level of competence, then you have to really have or develop strong people skills as well. And, and have you have to come out of, out of that introversion somewhat.
0: Yeah. What do you make? And what do other benefits look like, let's say, in this company? Like thinking PTO retirement, parental leave, other paid leaves.
1: Uh, so my salary is 190000 per year. And then because I'm at a startup, I have equity. But that can vary wi- widely based off of the company you work at and the role that you have.
0: And equity is basically a small ownership in the company that could turn out to be a lot or could turn out to be nothing at all. Is that right?
1: Yes. I work at a startup. So, you know, they say about startups, high risk, high reward, there's a chance that my job will be gone in two years, or there's a chance that my company will grow and be much bigger and more profitable. So in order to entice good programmers to come on board, you know, they'll give you some ownership.
0: Yeah. Like an Enron kind of situation. (laughs) What does PTO look like? Retirement matching? Programmers
1: work at pretty much every company now. So any pick any kind of company and think about the benefits they have. And that's the kind of benefits that are available to you as a programmer. Mark Anderson said, software is eating the world. There's programmers everywhere. So you can have the best benefits in the world, uh, or you can just have sort of normal benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally uh, I have a reasonable amount of pTO and um, I've worked at companies with unlimited pTO but I tend to take off uh you know three or four weeks a year.
0: What can people expect for pay and benefits when they start out and if you can imagine what the top level might what would you say that might be?
1: Uh, they're usually starting between fifty to seventy five thousand dollars a year
0: mm-hmm
1: then if you end up at a a really big, successful tech company, people call them F-A-A-N-G is the acronym, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, but the, there's other names in there now too. If you end up at a company like that, the compensation can be, you know, I, I believe, two hundred or, or $300,000 a year or mm-hmm. probably, probably more. That's just what I uh, hear through Connections. Um, so there's a wide range.
0: Yeah. How long have you been working in the field? I can't do the math.
1: Uh, I've been programming for about a little over 10 years.
0: So there's a lot of upward potential for people that are are successful in it, which is cool.
1: Yes. Kind of the cliche is that people, to get a raise or a promotion, you change jobs. So there's a lot of turnover in the industry. People mm-hmm. people will do two years at one company, two years; another, two years; another. Pretty much the rule. And if you do that and you pursue higher-paying jobs, yes, you can you can increase your uh, your salary over time.
0: Yeah, that does seem to be the trend. But interviewing takes so much time; it seems kind of uh, wasteful of human resources to have people change every two years. But
1: yeah, I would definitely prefer to stay longer than that. Um, every mm-hmm. time I've left, I had. Reasons that I could um, enumerate.
0: Yeah. What are the hours like? Do you feel like you can kind of manage your work and personal life? Are there? Do you find that there are a lot of schedule options in the field? Like, are some people working three days a week, four days a week, or is it really mostly common to be full time, five days a week?
1: Technology is is knowledge work, and I think that my field has been is starting to really standardize on the idea that. You need to be rested and really thinking clearly to do good work, and that working, you know, working lots and lots of hours doesn't really produce a higher quality product in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been I've been forty hours a week pretty much my whole career, and I I wouldn't be interested in a, a work week that was much more than that for my for my health and for my family and relationships, but also uh, I really do believe that. I do my best work when I'm working a reasonable amount of hours. And and some some technology companies are even doing less than that. Um some companies will do like 4-day work weeks in the summer mm-hmm. or it's pre- becoming pretty standard to work like a 40-hour work week.
0: Yeah. So, remote work, particularly like fully remote, does that seem to be pretty common? Do you, do you find that most people are sort of based close to an office? but work remotely sometimes? Or is it common to just have people working all over the place all the time?
1: Everyone I know in the field is now fully remote. Wow. All of my colleagues and, and and friends are fully remote. I think that it wasn't like that before the pandemic. Maybe a third of them were remote, but they went remote and their companies have stayed remote. It's a job that really lends itself well to remote work. Mm-hmm. You, You're mostly sitting alone in front of a computer and (laughs) having short meetings each day. And that's, that's pretty ideal for remote work. I I was planning to go remote before the pandemic. And then the pandemic just made it really easy because everyone went remote. And I, and I, I got to, I got to feel that, that transition with my entire industry at once.
0: Yeah. So walk me through your average day. What is your kind of most typical workday look like?
1: I start at nine and my team's on the West Coast. So our meetings are usually scheduled for 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, which is a couple hours after I start my work day. So uh, I usually have a very quiet morning of working on whatever I wor- was working on uh, from the previous day.
0: The West Coast is so lazy. Am I right? <laughs> uh,
1: uh i i i was worried about that time difference but it's actually it's really nice to have that quiet time in the morning
0: i'm sure yeah i was totally joking about the west coast by the way it's the time difference <laughs> understand time differences
1: um yeah so i i sit and work and I, working for me is building whatever I'm building and also reviewing the work of uh, other people on my team and other corporate tasks like answering emails and questions and Slack messages and such. Uh, and then we have a, a meeting around the middle of the day, uh, which is what we call our stand-up Stand ups procedure that is popular in agile software engineering, where you have these short meetings. Uh, focused on what you did yesterday, what you're working on today, and any challenges that you're facing. But we also mix in a lot of socializing to just try to build camaraderie between our remote team. We we probably talk for about an hour after with a mix of work and, and socializing. And then I might have one other meeting in a daily schedule or I might not. And so I'll spend the rest of the day working on on whatever feature I'm working on.
0: How do you view the prospects in this job for people just getting started?
1: I think they're outstanding. If somebody expressed an interest in programming, I would say definitely pursue it. Uh, it's a, you know, as I said, that that quote, software is eating the world. There's There's programmers at every company and more and more things are becoming digital, more and more manual or automated tasks, excuse me, more and more manual tasks are, are becoming automated. And that's the way of the world. My job prospects feel very strong, but I feel like someone entering the field today is going to be be able to have a long career as a programmer.
0: Do things like artificial intelligence and chat GPT, do those things worry you at all about? Starting programmers that some of their work might become more automated and there'll be less need for junior folks
1: no, that doesn't worry me. There's people who would have said the same thing to me when I started. There's people who would have said the same thing twenty years ago. I think that those technologies are amazing. they're gonna change the world uh, but I believe that the that those tools are built by programmers and software, and even when they Come to really dominate answering simple questions and solving solving trivial problems. There's still going to be programmers who are reviewing and supervising what they do, and our field could shrink perhaps uh, somewhat because of that. But um, I don't think that that's of all the the labor concerns that you could have. I, I think that that's <laughs> that that's. You know, if of, of all the things right. that could happen in the workforce, I think that that's that's a something I wouldn't worry about too much.
0: Right? You're not manufacturing rotary telephones or pagers. Getting into the pager game.
1: Yeah, it's always it's always a question mark. But um,
0: I think we should bring pagers back.
1: <laughs> you know, they served a important function.
0: <laughs> what are some things you love about your job that you think people might not know?
1: Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. It's a uh, it's an opportunity to be creative. A decent amount of what I do is repetitive, and and I've done it you know I've done it before, but uh, I do get to invent new things and try new ideas, and I I do feel like I get to be creative in my work. There's a pretty strong community in programming around your your framework or your language or you're part of the, uh, in the industry. There's usually um, conferences and meetups and groups and people identify with being an a software engineer in a in a way that I like and I think is pretty cool lastly um it it teaches you a different way to think i I did uh philosophy classes and i learned logic and i it never really clicked with me and I felt like i wasn't i didn't really have that kind of mind but um, programming you learn you learn to think about how A computer thinks computers are incredibly dumb they don't they're not smart (laughs) (laughs) they're rude but okay
0: the
1: the switch is (laughs) right the switch is either on or it's off that is programming boiled down to its you know its most fundamental element and when you start to think like a computer that that changes how you think for better or worse
0: Is there anything that's tough about it that you either didn't expect at all or you didn't realize how challenging it would be?
1: Uh, Being stuck is tough. Being stuck is challenging and everybody experiences it. In the beginning, you're stuck on pretty simple things. Mm -hmm. And all that changes is you just get stuck on harder things and you get stuck more rarely. But that's been my experience is that there are just times where I... I don't know what to do. And I've searched all over the internet for an answer. I've asked everyone I know, and I'm just stuck. And it takes a certain kind of personality to be able to work through that and not just give up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned to me before, too, that working in programming, you have to stay up on changes in technology constantly, which I think probably every career has an element of that. But that's something that I think not all jobs require to the same degree, but it could also be a real positive. You're learning new things all the time.
1: I've probably changed my perspective on that somewhat mm. as I've spent time in the field. Technology does change quickly, mm-hmm. and you do need to you do need to be paying attention. But it doesn't change as quickly as I think I thought when i when I first got into the field the framework i started on ruby on rails it's still going strong there's lots of big profitable companies using ruby on rails today and so if you listen to just anyone you might have thought that that was you know not going to last for 10 years and that's um you know that that wasn't correct so i think that you need to pay attention and be aware you can't sleep on new technologies or close your mind to them but if you learn the fundamentals of the of whatever you're doing, if you learn the fundamentals of the web or mobile, you're gonna be okay.
0: If you could start over today, would you still enter this field? And if not, I will also accept secret dream jobs.
1: I would become a programmer again. Again, it was a it was a career change for me. So, uh, at the time in my life where I was, it was a calculated choice that ter- that happily turned out very well as a very young person choosing any field, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Um, but, uh, for me and for what I wanted to accomplish with my career at that time, it was, I think a really, a really good choice.
0: All right. Last question. What is one piece of advice generally about work you would give your younger self?
1: I'm going to borrow, um, from Steve Martin, a favorite quote of mine, his career advice to people is to be so good They can't ignore you. The idea is that um, if you really want to have happiness in your career, if you really want to have agency, you should focus on being really, really good because that gives you power and it gives you knowledge about what is actually happening in your industry and where you might want to go. And I think that it's really solid advice. If you just just invest in being a, a really technically strong programmer that makes things easier for you down the road and that makes that gives you more choices and options and i think that you you can't you can't skip that if you really want to have a long career doing this
0: i love that quote well jake thank you so much for joining me
1: my pleasure thank you
0: i'm on working 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 i never going to stop i'm on working 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 till the last in my thanks for joining me if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review on iTunes. That's the best way to help others find the show. If you'd like to be interviewed here or you'd like to hear about a particular type of job, please reach out at realworkreallife at gmail.com.